If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know what? I've come to one conclusion after the weekend. If this football team in Jacksonville had Alan Lazard... Is he playing three technique? I mean, two Super Bowl titles in the last few years? Mm. Mm-mm. Gotta be, right? I mean, heck, maybe three. Mm. What a night he had, though. And I was playing against him in fantasy football. Oh, were you really? <laughs> so he kind of crushed you a little bit. He did, but I was yeah. killing it yesterday in fantasy football. I had a good day. Yeah. See how many points I had? You had a lot of points, yeah. 177. How about that? Dang. You know, I didn't bring up fantasy football the first two weeks. Yeah, I guess I didn't know we're talking about it. <laughs> Lead story yeah. here on Monday. Our fantasy football <laughs> stuff. Check it out. <laughs> Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos. What's happening, everybody? Weird Monday, right? Because you're in football season. We already complained and moaned, and you know what, about uh, the Jags' loss on Friday. So uh, why don't we just replay that show and call it a day? Well, I can't really you know, put my two cents into it. I'm no, not you sure did. what you, you called in. I did, but I mean, I could have I could have went a little more. It's a good thing intense. you guys didn't call. You don't call collect anymore. Oh I mean, no, that man! Been uh, shout out to Sprint Mobile. Just cut the check. I just remember the time where like it cost money to call. Long distance. Yeah, just call one eight hundred collect. Yeah, yeah. I remember or that. Or just man. it cost money to call long distance. No, that too. Yeah, I mean, I didn't let anybody call when I was a kid. You know, yeah. but I, like, now you was... can call like Italy for free. That's crazy, man. Austin, did you have the? Did you always have unlimited texts, or was it like uh, when you had to pay over? You went over like five hundred texts in the month. Oh yeah, it's a great I, question. Oh, I got in so much You're trouble. close, huh? Oh, I would. I wish they'd bring that I back. Mean, quite frankly, yeah. Do you remember that though? I do remember it. I don't. I I had like free nights and weekends, um, and I didn't have unlimited text. I wasn't texting anybody. Like I mean, yeah, Yeah. keep mind. Like I got my my cell phone in eighth grade, and I was like the first person like in my class to get a cell phone. It was only for like emergencies. Like it was. It's not like a touchscreen phone. It was just for calling. And then when I got to high school, it was kind of the same thing. So I wasn't really starting texting to probably like my sophomore junior of college. Man, I remember like. When I first started to, like, the first girl I ever dated in high school, I went from, like, sending maybe 20 texts, like, a month to sending, like, 2,000. And my parents see, were like, oh, my. See, but I'm telling you, man, we talked about you last week on the show a little bit. That's, that's MSM Messenger coming back, man. Yeah. MSM Messenger. That's how you wanted to holler at everybody back in the day. Well, it beats those two-hour phone calls at night saying nothing to that girlfriend in I know. ninth grade. Right. <laughs> I never did that, man. It was so awkward for me. Yeah. And then, like, my mom was like, who are you talking to? I'm like, I don't worry about it. Like, I don't want to have this conversation with you. I'm like, I'm a sudden messenger. Leave me alone. The dating game would be so different now. It no, must be. They have no idea, bro. They have no idea. No idea. Uh, anyway, we don't have to talk about the Jags. Well, we're going to talk about the Jags. We don't have to talk about a loss yesterday. or It's a little less emotional, although plenty of angry people. This morning, at least on my Twitter feed, about Lazard, about <laughs> uh, about others. Former Jaguars did have a heck of a day, especially in the Chicago game and the Green Bay game. Mercedes Lewis, yeah, Lazard. Yeah. Obviously, Foles comes in. Deshaun Gibson seals yeah, the Gakwe deal. Had a sack. And Gakwe had a sack, but Minnesota was winless, so who cares? Uh, okay. And Allen Robinson had another big game. Class Camels, I'm, I'm paced probably five sacks tonight or something <laughs> like that against Patrick Mahomes. So tune in. Those, it felt like every highlight was a former Jag yeah, yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, maybe even not a highlight, uh, but. They were involved. There's a lot of former Jags. Correct. You know, there was a time. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but how far we've come. 
If you measure Jacksonville as a football franchise in the last decade, the first half of the decade, anybody who played for the Jags was finding another profession after getting cut. (laughs) So at least now they're performing for other teams. They're doing really well. That's a compliment. Very big compliment, absolutely. (laughs) Now why can't we keep any of the ones performing? That's a different story. Yeah, or why can't (laughs) you have an Aaron Rodgers on your team? No offense to Gardner Minshew, we'll see. But, I mean, listen, with with Alan Lazard – he, I, from my understanding, like he, he, like when he was in Jacksonville, he was kind of on no one's radar, right? Like he wasn't. Yeah, he was a fun guy to look at. He was an interesting undrafted free agent out sure. of Iowa State, and you could see some things. But yeah, uh, you know, he was one of the hundred guys on every roster that are part of the numbers game. Exactly. And right now, you can make an argument on this roster, the wide receivers. I'm not sure where you would put him. You know, I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. So the fact that he's playing with Aaron Rodgers right now, probably, well, probably the best. Uh, I'd put him play top three, top two quarterbacks right now, next to Russell Wilson, who's playing fantastic, yes. too. Josh Allen as well. So, I mean, Russell Wilson has, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers has that ability to make average receivers or maybe okay receivers fantastic receivers. Like you saw with Geronimo Allison. Nobody knew who Geronimo Allison was last year. Comes out, balls out because Devonta Adams gets hurt, and guess what? Geronimo Allison, brand new contract in Detroit. Have at it. I think uh, you're exactly right. Like, who's number 87 for the Packers? Who was that guy? Like, he uh, had a couple of big yeah, catches yeah, in the yeah, fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't even know who number 87 is anymore, yeah. Well, because they used to have Kumar. I don't think it was Kumar. I think Kumar was gone. I can look up the depth chart here. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, it's a who's who. They haven't drafted a receiver for Aaron Rodgers in forever, so guys exactly. like this are playing. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not trying to take anything. Lazard might be a nice player, but it takes a little bit to mature sometimes. And mature. He found himself in Green Bay, and you've got to give credit to Aaron Rodgers. Partially the reason why he found himself is because of Aaron Rodgers. Sure. And because they have nobody else. Yeah. Like, they seriously have very few receivers over the years, right? I right. mean. That's been one of the big storylines in Green Bay. Like, Aaron Rodgers would take this receiving core and oh. he'd give back $5 million oh. of his salary for it. Don't even wait for the gold jacket. Just give it to him, like, this season. I'm telling you, man. Like, he's he's that talented. It's impressive. So, anyway, I'm not, not – Lazard's looking good, man. And yes. I mean, I got guys who well, he's running wide open. All right, well, that's good. I mean, he's he's one of their main targets. He's yeah. playing well. Yeah. Um, But that's – that was three or four Mercedes years Mercedes Lewis is doing good. Like, listen – I mean, and with all due respect to Marseille, because he's a hell of a guy, um, you know, in his prime, one of the best dual threat tight ends, I think, in the league. By that, I mean, you know, blocking and obviously receiving as well. But let's be honest. I mean, Mercedes Lewis is up there right now in age, and Aaron Rodgers is still finding the guy every once in a while in the end zone. Absolutely. Coos, what's going on with our feed today? Like, what do you mean? It's just not popping up like uh, normally in like a window. I can't see myself on Twitter, and I like to see myself on Twitter. It should be popping up now. Um, but we only have a full screen because I don't know. Someone came in and sabotaged our cameras. Ah, very good. So, Kuz, already you say our, uh, the title is, see, this is what happens when I don't put a title in. Yep. Uh, I've already got people hammering the title. It says, are the Miami Heat good? Well, of course they're good. They're in the finals. <laughs> uh, but that's what you put in the thing. You said Miami Heat good. Hey, man, I, I was out Friday. I was just right? interpreting Don't what you said rundown-wise. Who, who, who would you put? I have one job. Let me guess. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals at all, which, by the way, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals for about three yeah. minutes on this show probably yeah. today. But yeah. Kuz getting some basketball in the title <laughs> yeah, just yeah. because Kuz loves basketball. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But if we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, you think we're talking about Miami Heat or we're we talking about LeBron James? Uh, I mean, as far as moving the needle, and with all due respect, and I mean with all due respect to Tyler Hero, guys putting himself on the map, but you ain't Luca, okay? You ain't Luca. So with that being said, I gotta go with the Lakers, Brent. I gotta go with this guy by the name of LeBron James. You seen him before? Hell, <laughs> dude, talented, uber athlete, and Anthony Davis, not so bad as well. <laughs>
Uh, hey, Eric Locke already jumping in on the NBA stuff. Who doesn't think the Heat are good? Spoles doing a great job there. Don't think they stand a chance against Braun and, and the Brow, though. <laughs> it's true. It's probably true, but who knows? I mean, nobody thought nope. they'd get this far. Correct. So. Oh, my goodness. What a start to the day. We've got the Mondays. A little case of the Mondays, man. Uh, we got a little Mondays. Computers yeah. are crashing. Cameras aren't working. Yeah. What the hell is going on yeah. here? I'll, I'll probably say something offensive later on in the show. This it is will like be a, a trifecta. Thursday night performance of the Jacks. <laughs> We're trying to follow suit We should have right just now. done this on Friday. Well, it should have been a Minshew Monday instead. Of it's, uh, we'll try to make it Monday. Yeah. We'll see what happens next Monday for Minshew uh, and the Jaguars. See if they can bounce back. Uh, Timmy Jernigan gets cut. Surprising. Oh, waved. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's surprising. Terminated, released. I seriously asked this question to somebody, I know, in the building quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it wasn't Caldwell or Marone or anybody like that. But it was. I, I did ask the question. I'm like, why is Taven Bryan? I asked this last week. Mm-hmm. I said, why is Taven Bryan playing so many snaps? When you have Jernigan, like I think Jernigan's a good player. I thought he was a good find in mid-August, and I actually saw some flashes of him at practice, and uh, maybe it was at the scrimmage too. And I was like, I think this guy's good. Uh, nah, nah. That's a that's a th- this was one person's opinion yeah. or of what was going on the first couple of weeks. Sure. I was like, nah. And I was like, really? Okay. Maybe that's why Taven Bryan's playing so much because they don't feel really good about what's behind them. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't say a lot about you. And uh, Timmy Jernigan's from Lake City, Columbia, mm-hmm. that they can't get any pressure on the interior. Mm-hmm. It's not like Taven Bryan's playing at a Pro Bowl level here. And now they just cut the depth. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't say a lot about you. Listen, I mean, it doesn't say a lot about you, obviously. And, and I've been saying this since Gunter got, you know, when he opted out. because well, He didn't really opt out. He was forced to go because of his heart condition. Um, have you heard about that? Is he doing okay, Gunter? Well, he I don't know. No, okay. I haven't to answer your question. I haven't I saw him tweet after week 1. He was okay. excited for the Jags, you sure. know, and, yeah, I saw and that too. Uh, but after that I have not seen. I, okay. I think this is a long-term deal, you know. I just think it's football's done. Uh, yeah. And well, so Hopefully he's doing okay. I think okay. he's okay because yeah. they caught it in time. And yeah. That's my uh guesstimate on that. So, you know, and regardless of that, Cuz we're looking good now, buddy. Nice job. I can see it. You're we're back. back. All right, cool. So, with Jernigan though, this has to be said, right? Where when he had his time Playing in Philadelphia, and and once again, I I had my source and that they said he was one of the best um, nose techniques, slash street techniques in the entire NFL. Right when he's healthy. Now, whether his back was an issue or not, he was coming off um some kind of major back issue, and they actually, if I'm not mistaken, they restructured his contract because of that. Right, so there wasn't maybe a lot of faith from the Eagles camp in Timmy Jernigan. When I saw him in training camp, though, here's what I'm gonna say about Timmy Jernigan: the plays that he did make in team period, he was the guy that was in the backfield that was celebrating. He was the guy that seemed to be bringing, you know, the the noise and the energy. Now, whether that was only the two or three days I actually saw him uh, myself up close and personal with my my yeah. own eyes, maybe those other days he wasn't doing that. But I'm just saying when I saw him in training camp, he was the energy guy. He was the guy to get guys going, especially, and let's keep in mind here, it's training camp. It's the dog days of summer. Yes, it's different now with COVID, but it's still the dog days of summer, and it's mundane, and it's boring, and it sucks. And anytime you have a guy like that that can come out there and bring the energy, you might have something there. So I'm not sure if that energy wasn't reciprocated during practice during the regular season or what the issue was, but I came uh, you know, on the show last week and I talked about we needed some energy on defense. Someone's got to have that dog in them. Someone's got to be the leader, bring those big hits, bring those big plays, and when you bring the big plays, you celebrate them. I haven't seen a lot of that, Brent. And I think Tim Jernigan, 
might have been one of those guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're never going to know now. Really odd to me that the, the, the cutting of Timmy Jernigan at this time, two mm-hmm. weeks in, when nobody really on the front is playing well. I don't know how you could say he is already gone, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he played like 50-something snaps in three games. Yeah. Is that it? I mean, that's a short leash. Unless they got something waiting in the wings. I mean, is Marcel Darius walking through that door? I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard that, mm-hmm. but... Maybe something like that's happening. Who knows? Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe they're trying to try to make a move. Maybe, you know, but it's odd to create the space right now. Um, in, in my opinion. So we'll see uh, what the Jaguars do. They have to fix the defense or, or do they? Do they have to fix the defense? I had one thought watching football mm. this weekend mm-hmm. and it had to do with defense and therefore subsequently has to do with offense. Uh, but I gotta get start with that because I seriously asked this question after watching a bunch of college football games and more NFL games now for three weeks, and uh, I want everybody's input and answer. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one star star six ninety. We talked some Jags and Bengals all week long. Got plenty of time to prep for that one. Joe Burrow, can you get to him? Everybody else is the Jags better. They better find a way uh, on the defensive side and. They better get cooking on offense because look at the rest of the league. That's going to be the conversation point. Uh, you can jump in, star star 690-904-362-9901, or on the social media platforms. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Does defense matter in football anymore? Are that we, is we, my question. This is, this is the topic right now. Does defense with? matter hey, in football? Let's go ahead and save 30 minutes of talking about it. Yeah. No. Next question. No. Nope. And next question. No. Nope. Next question. Find out let's next. talk about those Miami Heat. I'm going to be right. Miami Heat. Are they good or not? Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll be back. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's a, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using that tonight. Gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, a year or two, I feel like um, just more trying to be more consistent in my play, um, especially like penalties, different things like that. I was going through uh, early on this last season. Uh, that's just things I just want to sharpen up on and being more professional. So um, that's mainly my thing right now. Um, just trying to play more consistent and help my team win games. That is Jawan Taylor, Jaguars second year right tackle. I think Jawan's playing pretty good. All right. All right, man. I mean, he's shown some still signs of youth, but you know, I mean, they're. I guess those are kind of youth mistakes that I've seen from him. But overall, I like what I see. Yeah, I think he's gonna be really good. I think he is good. Yeah, I think he's already I mean, good. Nothing's perfect right now. On yeah. This team, so. Yeah. Well, and their offense. I mean, that offensive line had two good games and one yeah. not so good game. Sure. And it was really an eyesore once Will Richardson went in. I mean, with all due respect to him, mm-hmm. but Cam Robinson got ejected uh, and. Shouldn't have, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, mm-hmm. and uh, they paid the price for that on the next series or two. I don't know if it, I don't know. I don't think it made a difference in the game. I'm just saying they certainly paid the price uh, for it. I'm going to read you some scores. All right, here we go. Here Can't, comes the triggering. We know Florida scores 51, Ole Miss 35. Both teams over 600 yards of offense. Texas, mm. Texas Tech, 63 to 56. Miami scores on five straight possessions against uh, Florida State, scores 52. UCF, another 50-burger against East Carolina. 
Uh, BYU scored 48. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech scores 45 points. Didn't even know they could do that. Um, so, you know, you've got Tulane scoring 66. We've seen it in college football before, and some of these are, are a little bit different. But notably, we're seeing it in the SEC for the last few years, handful of years. Uh, you know, Alabama can score at will sometimes. Their offense has been a juggernaut. Uh, we know what uh, Mississippi State did the other day, throwing for over 600 yards. We'll get into that a little bit later on. And then when you go to the NFL... I mean, the best teams in the NFL right now, if you don't score 30, you, you ain't winning. I mean, if the Dolphins scored 31, Jaguars had been averaging 30. Chicago scores 30. Uh, 35-32 Bills and Rams. Browns scored 31. Titans, Vikings, 31-30. Patriots scored 36 and ran for 250. Mm. 49ers scored 36. Uh, Colts scored 36. Some of that on defense, by the way. Uh, that would be a good point for you to make here in a minute. Seahawks and the Cowboys, 38-31. <laughs> giving you some uh, ammunition. Hey, I don't need it, but keep going. Uh, You're fine. Packers, 37-30. Mm. I mean, mm. right? I mean, this 37-30, mm. 30-30, 30, 30, 30 in the NFL. This is a 20-something league. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, it has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, the Big 12 has been scoring at will forever. I get it, but they also have changed the game a little bit because of the spreads. And I'm seriously watching football, SEC, Mississippi State, LSU. I'm watching Florida and Ole Miss, and 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 it starts to enter my mind. It's like, does defense matter? Mm-hmm. Like it, like the Gators are not a team that gives up 600 yards. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They did, and it didn't matter. They scored 51, and they were. It was never in doubt. Seattle is three and zero. Russell Wilson is putting on a show. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the league right now, and their defense has allowed like over 450 yards of passing each of the first three weeks. I think it is. Yeah, I know it's good. three straight 400s. They're they're, they're right now ranked uh, as the last team with team defense in the NFL. It's Dead amazing. Last. And it's a, you have, will you have the defensive numbers in front of you? I do. Well, that's good. You can lean on those in a minute, but I'll tell you the one that I looked up uh, today. Well, I'm going to say them because it's team defense. That that matters. I, I'm going to look it up. In a, but yeah. the Jags, how bad are the Jags on defense right now? Don't, don't tell me statistically, just oh. with your eyes. Um, I would probably, like, if I was to rank it. They got to be twenty second, twenty third. Yeah, but um, but they're bad. Is my yeah, point. They're not right? good. They're, they're not yeah. good. They have yeah. not been good. They've been awful setting the tone. They, they're they've created two turnovers, I think, in three weeks. They can't get to the the quarterback. Uh, nothing is good for the Jags defense overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the statistics will show better because they fixed it a little bit against Tennessee after allowing thirty, mm-hmm. and then the statistics. I think Miami just stopped the car the other day and, and just stopped scoring. Yeah. You know, I mean, they slowed the game down, essentially. They felt bad. But it certainly felt like that. I felt bad. Um, I will tell you that I looked up today, the Jaguars, there are 11 teams in the NFL that have given up more points than the Jags. Mm. There are 11 teams. We've seen this defense. Look how bad it is. It's like an eyesore. And there are 11 teams that have given up more. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons are obviously like, oh, my gosh, they can't protect the lead to save their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're giving up a ton of yards and ton of points. I think they've given up the most points in the NFL. But, I mean, that's my big spiel, man. Does defense – it's not that it doesn't matter. It's probably a bad way. But is it impossible to play? The rules are so designed to – Help the offense. And the scheming is so good now. 
The execution is so good. Like, how many people wondered, with no preseason games, with no uh, spring, with all this stuff, didn't a lot of people speculate that offenses would struggle out of the gates? It's just the opposite. They are putting on a show. I mean, look at the Gators the other day and what they did offensively without ever taking a snap. And so you could argue, I think Mullen argued, like, well, we haven't tackled since, like, last year, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but still, the offense has to be in sync. And the offensive guys in the NFL and in college seem to be in sync. It's impossible to play defense to the point where, in my opinion, I'm not sure it matters. You better have an offense that can outscore anybody. All right, let me ask you this question. Are the Baltimore Ravens good? Yes. Are the Indianapolis Colts good? But it looks like that. Are the 49ers good? Uh, yes. I mean, the the record right now would probably yep. dictate that they're they're doing okay. Yep. Okay. Um, are the Chargers good? No. Okay. Are the Steelers good? Yes. The Chiefs good? Yes. Cardinals good? Yes. Buccaneers good? It looks to be. And are the Bears good? And a little lucky, yes, but good. Are the Bears yeah. good? I, are, I, are the Bears in first place right now in yes. the NFC North? So they're 3-0, you, they got to be good. Okay, so of those, what, nine teams that I just named, you said one wasn't good. Those are the top ten te- or the top nine teams right now in the NFL in terms of team defense, in terms of yardage per game. Now, I can sit here and say, well, the Chiefs don't have to fall back on that because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I can fall back and say, well, the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, they have Lamar Jackson, they have a lot of weapons. But like teams like the Colts, the 49ers, teams like that, you have, the Steelers even, you have to have good team defense because you can't rely on your offense the entire year. Listen, I said this last week a little bit. It's great to have great offense, and it's fun to watch and everything, but pr- I promise you this, there's going to be those games where your team does not click on offense for whatever reason. It's going to happen to the Chiefs. So it kind of happened to the Chiefs against uh, the Chargers. The Chiefs should have got beat by the Chargers. On some last-minute heroics by Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs should be 2-1 right now, and we should be talking about how good the Chargers are with Justin Herbert. So that's where the defense comes in, right? When you do have maybe that off game, you have that bad game, you have the defense to rally around, get the ball back, and help you score. It happened in the Chiefs game right now. We're all excited for Monday Night Football tonight. we got the Ravens-Chiefs. This is going to be the game of the century. It almost wasn't the game of the century, and if it wasn't for that Chiefs defense that had Patrick Mahomes back, this wouldn't be the game of the century. So that being said... But wh- I mean, I should, yeah, why is it the game of the century tonight? Why is it the game of the century? Yes. Because you have two undefeated teams with two good quarterbacks. You do, because both everybody thinks tonight's game is going to be 42-38. to 38. Probably, but I think it's more of the showcase of two uh, great quarterbacks. Right, it is, I mean, let's be honest, the Ravens have a pretty good defense, they, though. They do, yeah, yeah. they can't. Uh, and Chiefs uh, yeah. are better at defense, by the way, than they've been in the last couple of years. They have. They definitely have. I just think tonight the reason why people are excited for this game is because it's two undefeated teams, arguably the two best teams in the AFC and probably the two best quarterbacks. Maybe with Josh Allen, but in the, in, the, in, the, in the AFC. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that to me is what draws you to this game. If we're talking about right now where the Chiefs have a loss on the resume, it's not. I mean, it's still a big match. You know, it's it's still a big game, but it's not as big, right? So that's where the defense came in a little bit. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they they've been okay on offense. I think Tom Brady's still trying to gather his bearings and things like that. But their defense. I'm not sure if you watched it yesterday. Absolutely feasted. So my point is like, yeah, scoring a lot of touchdowns right now. It's exciting. It probably boosts ratings and all like that. But 
At the end of the day, whether you have bad weather, at the end of the day, whether you're not clicking on offense, you're going to have to rely on that great defense to push you, especially when playoff time comes around. Ask you how the Tennessee Titans did with that. I, w- I would just argue one thing about, like, you're some of the games that you're referring to are teams that are really bad on offense, too. I mean, like, obviously the Jets and the Giants have some real big issues on offense. So, you know, like, is the Indianapolis Colts, is that defense good? I don't know. Like, yeah, is San Francisco I didn't say the too, Jets, though. Is, no, no, you, whoever played them. Indy, oh, I you know? got you. So, oh. like, San Francisco. Francisco beat the Jets and the Giants. Oh, okay. You know, so are they really good on defense with all these injuries? I don't know, you know. But that that's it, But you can do the same thing with offense. Then, you, right? you can say is this offense really good or they go against a really bad defense. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I I'm not even telling you like this is the way I think it should be. Like I'm wondering in my mind is it is it hurting football mm. in the long run? Like right now we love it and, and by the way the answer is probably no because we love scoring points right we love seeing scoring points that's more entertaining right the super bowl the other a uh, couple of years ago 13 to 3 was the most boring super bowl we've ever seen correct it, no doubt it was that's just fact people like home runs they catered to the home run ball in baseball catered to more scoring in the nba and in college basketball as much as you can and they've catered to more scoring but i'm wondering if it's hurting the sport a little bit of football because it is so hard to play defense, man. When somebody makes a play in defense, there's usually a flag. Like, you, it's so hard to stop. And especially if you have guys that have been around the block a bit, the Russell Wilsons, uh, the Aaron Rodgers, those kind of guys, they are, and, and the scheming of some of this is just, how do you stop it? Like, how do you stop some of this offense given the rules that are in place? I mean, you can run a pick if you do it right. You can't defend that. Like, there are some plays in the NFL you can't defend. Like, is that the case in baseball? Like, can you not defend a swing? No. Of course you can. Throw something harder or or in a different location. Is that the case in basketball? Like, is there a play in basketball you can't defend? I don't think there is. Like, uh, you know, maybe somebody who can jump out of the gym with an alley-oop, but I think you could even follow him if you want to defend, you yeah. know, and then he's got to go to the mean, line and get a couple points. I would say, like, either like a Euro step or, like, you know, when they, when they pump fake and they jump into the guy, yeah. and then you still got to call to it. Defend. Like, I mean, that's almost impossible. Yeah. You, you, you can stand straight up and be a tree out there, but if the guy jumps into you perfectly, like, it could be a foul. That's a good point. You know is they've tried to do that verticality thing, yeah, like, so even to give the defender at least, an, at least something to fall back on, mm-hmm. but I just think there are so many plays now in football that are really indefensible. Like, if the offense executes, and the offense now, and tip your cap to them, they execute at, at higher levels than ever before. Why? Well, because seven-on-sevens, growing up in middle school to high school, we're seeing these offense translate from high school to college, and now they're translating into the NFL with some of these guys. And then the rules help that offense out. And I think there's a lot of brilliance on offense. I, I mean, from Dan Mullen to Sean McVay to all these other folks, I, I mean – Jay Gruden has called some pretty good games. I think there's a lot of smart guys on offense that have now catered to this new set of rules. It just here's the message, Mama, don't let your kid grow up to be a defender. I mean, <laughs> oh come on, now. I, I mean seriously, well, it's so hard to do it. How are you good at it? I want to, and I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, offenses right now they're firing on all cylinders. Brent, what is my philosophy of football? Rule number one. If I open up a, a speech, if I go into a GM interview, what's the first thing that I'm saying that we have to do? Run the football. And stop the run. Thank you very much. All right. I would say the Jacksonville Jaguars run game right now, it's pretty dang good, isn't it? Well, I mean, would you agree with me? Uh, statistically, it wouldn't be, but I think per pop, it's yeah. pretty decent. What do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars, what do you think they rank right now in the NFL in terms of rushing? 
Yards per game. Uh, Rushing yards, oh, yards per, game. per game. I bet they're way down. I mean, he he has a 100-yard game in week two, but he only had 46. Well, and I'm going to tell you right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they average 109 rushing yards per game. Not bad. I bet that's uh, 20th in the league. Close, 19th. And this is my point. You have teams averaging 178 yards per game. Teams averaging 171 yards per game. So check this out real quick. So one, two, three, four, five. There are five teams in the NFL right now, top five that are averaging over 170 yards rushing per game. So, yeah. so, so so, what could we dictate with that? Teams are running the ball, all right? I mean, maybe teams are using the, that run to set up the pass and scoring the points. But my point is we think it's like an offensive quarterback-driven league. It can also be a running back-driven league or a dual-threat quarterback-driven league give, as well. Give me those teams. Patriots. Okay. Packers. Okay. Ravens. Okay. The Browns. And one more. Rams. Interesting. Uh... A lot of those guys, quarterback guys. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think a lot of that. Here's here's what I do. see. What the Jags are trying to do is stop the run. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody in the NFL cares about stopping the run mm. because they have to concentrate so much on stopping the pass. Possibly. I mean, the pass is a killer, mm-hmm. and you're almost like, well, if they run a little bit, they run a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, those have been some monster performances. We'll see what happens like six weeks out. You know, the averages can get skewed early on. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Jones had like that huge day. Obviously, uh, Patriots had a big day yesterday. Sure. Um, I didn't realize the Rams were running the ball as much as as they have been able to. But again, I think that's McVay. He's using that, and if you do that balance and mix it in right, the power it's just of so personnel. hard to defend. Yeah. Okay, well, where's to the stop the run then? So nobody's stopping the run is the other part of that. So that's how hard it is to play defense, is my point. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. But my point was the fact that we, we gear this towards all the quarterback play. Now, let's keep in mind, some of these you know rushing yards per game, like the Patriots, I mean, you have Cam Newton, right? You have Lamar Jackson on the Ravens. So, and you may have Aaron Rodgers. Like he's, They're going to get you some yards yeah. on the ground. But my point is, is that we think this all happens through the air, and that's not the case. It's also happening on the ground. So... That's to me why defense is so important because you have to stop both things. It wouldn't, especially when you get to the playoffs. All right. Cause there's going to be teams out there. They're going to try to pound the rock on you, dictate the tempo and slow the game down. I thought it was fascinating last night watching the Packers Saints game and how open they obviously were in like production meetings with Collinsworth because mm-hmm. he brought this up a couple of times and he said the Packers aren't built to be like this stout defense. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even try. They know they're built to win shootouts mm. because of Aaron Rodgers and the offense and LaFleur and, and all that stuff. Like, I think he well, yeah. referenced the linebackers. He's like, they were linebackers are what, like 230, 235 pounds, so they can cover, sure. right? Because they know they're going to give up points. They're not trying to be top 10 in defense in the NFL. Now, I say they're not trying, but they didn't build their team to do that. Mm. So I guess my overall point now is like, let's just take it to here in Jacksonville. Everybody's moaning. And complaining about the defense, and rightfully so. I mean, the defense looks like it stinks, mm-hmm. and they've they've set terrible tones. But I think you better keep loading up your offense right now, okay. because you better because you better score thirty. Like you better score thirty. Mm-hmm. If you didn't score thirty this week, you probably lost. Mm-hmm. And one tie because of Cincinnati. But Steelers won with twenty eight points. Panthers won with 21 points. Bucks won with 28, but I feel like they could have scored as much as they wanted to. Lions scored 26, and that's it. So four teams won this week by scoring less than 30. Hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's wild. And, well, and obviously, college, like, see, the SEC says a lot to me about it. SEC was built like the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, not in terms of style. 
And that's obviously changed and morphed and and now look at Mike Leach. No, <laughs> for sure. Mike Leach Mike Leach and, and it's it's awesome. It's, it's fun to watch. It's it's backyard football. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not taking away from that. I, my whole point here is it is damn hard to play on the defensive side. Like I am putting my eggs on the offensive side of the basket. I am Listen, not putting my eggs in the defensive side. No, and, and I agree with you here, right? And you talk about the penalties and the rules. Like, yes, obviously the rules are set up for the offense to succeed because those touchdowns, those celebrations, those drive ratings, I'm not lying about that. But at the end of the day, and you can record this if you want to and play it back when the Super Bowl happens, but good offenses out there, they're fantastic for your fantasy football team, okay? Good defenses out there are going to win you championships. All right, and it's as simple as that. Right now, it may look good on paper and all that's good stuff, but let's see when you know what comes to December when it comes to playoff time. Let's see what teams we're talking about in terms of how much success they're having in terms of their defense. Will the Jaguars be able to get to Joe Burrow? And who do you have, do you have faith in Minshew to outdo Burrow? Like, how much respect do you have for Joe Burrow right now going into this game? Which I think is a pivotal game in the season for the Jags. This will tell us a lot about what the Jags are going to be, in my opinion. I don't know if it's make or break, but it certainly feels way bigger than even Thursday night or the first couple of games of the season. It's coming up next on ESPN 690. He's still a young football player. I mean, you're going to see growth, I think, overall. Um, you know, there's there's times that, that, you know, he's really looked good and the whole line has looked good. But, you know, sometimes during the course of the game, when the games have gotten to a point where we're just throwing, then, you know, you, you get beat inside or you, or you get beat around the horn, you know, things like that. So the consistency of being able to go out, you know, for 60-something plays, you know, run and pass and, 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 and win on all of them is something that you're always striving for. And I think, you know, Juwan has worked extremely hard to do that. That's Doug Marone on Juwan Taylor. Jags need more consistency out of a lot of positions. I think that's going to be a common theme. I think that's part of being a young football team uh, in, in the way they are young. I mean, I, I, it's reality. Uh, it's a, You call it excuse or they call it excuse or if they want to use an excuse, it's fine. It's reality. Uh, if you expect young players to play lights out night in, night, in, night out, week in, week out, well, you're fooling yourself. And the Jaguars are actually trying to do that and ask a lot of young players to do that. And, uh, boy, Thursday night, it looked like they all played not so great. Um, and it wasn't just them. It looked like everybody played not so great. But uh, certainly most of the young guys, too, with the exception of uh, James Robinson. And now they have to bounce back. And Jaguars making some moves today here on a Monday. They obviously have a kicker problem, <laughs> quite frank, frankly. Uh, they have lost uh, Josh Lambeau, who... Doug Marone said today was off crutches. So that was obviously pretty serious on the hip if he was on crutches. And he loses those, but he's still going to be out for a couple more weeks at the very least, I would say. Brandon Wright injures his groin after the missed PAT, and uh, he gets waived, injured today. Steven Hauschka is signed, so the veteran kicker worked out this morning. They sign him. Aldrick Rosas, Rosas uh, also signed to the practice squad as a kicker. And the Jaguars signed Jared Hilbers as an offensive lineman to the practice squad. And, I mean, we got the all-name team here. Daniel Ekuale. I'm going with it. Go with it. You seem confident. Ekuale. Ekuale. Daniel Ekuale. There we go. All right. Don't know much about him. Okay. And what does he play? Defensive tackle. Okay. 
Obviously, so, the Jernigan replacement. So, as I said, okay. Do you have any, like, we don't know anything about this guy at all? I'm really? read, oh, here's yeah. his bio. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, originally signed as an undrafted free agent by Cleveland in 2018. Spent most of his rookie year on the team's practice squad. 2019, he appeared in seven games for the Browns. Totaled four tackles. Cool. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so cool. Four tackles. Cool. <laughs> Quite the rest Go on. <laughs> Ekowale was a four-year letterman at Washington State. Appearing in 51 games with 22 starts, totaling 71 tackles, 14 tackles for loss. He grew up uh, in American Samoa uh, as well, so that's an interesting tidbit about him. Uh, and that's what you got. Now, the offensive line, I mean, he's a big dude, 6'7", 316, Hilbers, two-year starter at Washington. Man, we went to the Northwest yeah. to find some players here. Um, he signed with the Jets before now coming over uh, with the Jags, so... Well, I mean, this, this guy is probably need some playing time. Rosas is probably on your fantasy teams because he's in his fourth season in the NFL. Kicked her, the, the Giants from 17 to 19. I don't remember him much because the Giants probably weren't scoring very much. Sure. Giants yeah. stink. Yeah, they're horrible. I mean, they're bad. Hey, Daniel and I Jones. Had, is, and I had him as hey. a sleeper. <laughs> well, I think my, I, I had the Lions as a sleeper. So uh, they beat yeah. the Cardinals. Lions hey, are better. They beat Lions, the Cardinals. Lions should oh. be 2-1. and one. True. They drop Swift Dro- drops Jordan, that ball yeah. in the end zone. Right in the end zone, Now, they yeah. blew the lead, too, but of they course. still should be 2-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, Giants and Jets. Ooh. Jets, I mean, like, this is why you're you going for Trevor, tank. right? Like, the Jags are ten times better than those two yeah. teams. But I'm saying, like, with at least the Jets, you're going for Trevor, right? I would think you now. have to. I mean, I mean, Sam, you know. But even with, they better put some people around these guys, though, because the Jets roster is just not good. Yeah. I mean, it does, it is not good. It's awful. It's, and the Giants offensive line is so bad. Mm-hmm. The Giants, I, see, I was surprised. I mean, the Giants basically got beat by a backup team. Like, that was like a fourth preseason roster for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all over the place, but a lot of places. They got so many guys hurt. Yeah. And Offense on top of that, here's why I, like, I actually thought the Giants were going to win that game. Not lying. Because they had, San Francisco had traveled to the East Coast to beat the Jets. They got all these guys hurt. And they complained about the field at MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. To the point where they looked into maybe moving the game. Yeah. The NFL did an investigation on it. They have to fly back to the West Coast, then back to the East Coast to play the Giants on that field that they're complaining about, and they thrash them. Did you see Jordan Reed, though? Hurt himself on that field. He did. Like, he messed up his, I don't know if it's an ankle. I think it was an ankle. Ankle, okay, yeah. It's just, just like a routine route. Ankle messed up. Yeah, it was so, right. Yeah, kind of near the, uh, on the out, um, back of the end zone. Correct. Going into the wall area. Yeah. So... Giants and Jets are bad, but I don't know how we went from kickers to that, but we got there. Yeah, we're, we're here. Uh, it was all about Sam Darnold. Yeah, just yeah. okay. Well, I want to talk about the NFL a little bit later in terms of the good teams, like at least the undefeated teams. Are they really that good, yeah. or are there really some bad teams? Because I'll tell you Whoa. what, there's a lot more ticked-off fan bases than Justin Jackson. Oh, sure. Like Jacksonville, you're not even in the top three yeah. of fan bases that are mad after Thursday night. True. I, and some probably have calmed down. Yeah. Not all, but some have probably I mean, is there any Falcons? Is Marcel doing okay? Do you need to talk him off a ledge right now? Because the Atlanta Falcons, The, the story is Marcel's a sellout a little bit. Oh, no. Because he goes from picking Atlanta to yeah. yesterday. He was the only one in our fight for the Fedora picks that didn't pick Atlanta. He's over it. He's over it. <laughs> He's trying reverse he right. psychology. He was right, though. Yeah, 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 he ends up being right. Dang. Uh, we got Keaton on the line. Let's get to him. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, uh, I wanted to get, um, I wanted to kind of address some of the stuff I've been hearing online. I, I've been hearing a bunch of people uh, sounded the alarm after that Miami game. Now, the Miami game was bad. I mean, I mean, James Beast Mode Robinson went off, but the Jags definitely played their, their worst game of the year. But um, I've, I've seen a lot of people bring tanking back into the equation after the Miami game, but I think it 
in my opinion, it's a bit too early to hit the alarm uh, after that game. I mean, Miami was, first of all, a very deceiving 0-2 team going into Thursday night. I mean, Fitzpatrick had a terrible opener against the Patriots. He threw three picks, but they still only lost by 11. And um, in the NFL, that's that's pretty darn good. Um, and in week two, the Dolphins were just a few drop passes from beating a very good Buffalo Bills team. Um, now, the Miami game put a lot of glaring problems uh, on display for the Jags on prime time. However, I think I've seen a bunch of good things from the Jags uh, in week one and week two. So am I wrong in thinking that it's too early to call the season for this team? And then, uh, Austin, I've got a, uh, a question for you, bud. Who do you think has more rushing yards tonight? Clyde Edwards-Dillaire or Lamar Jackson? I'll take it off. Oh, wow. Thanks, Keaton. Thanks Appreciate the questions. Time out. Time out. Time out is right. He, he said your record in fantasy yeah. You're trash. Don't worry about it. Well, you see my points and, hey, this and he weekend. And he asked him the Sunset of Rainbow question. This team's not so bad. Are we panicking quite yet? Brent, what do you think? Hey, Austin, let's get the real hard-hitting <laughs> fantasy questions on your end. I like it, Keaton. The, the funny thing is that's a great question, even though I'm not going to lose fantasy unless Edwards or Lair runs for 600 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So unless he's playing with Mike Leach tonight or something, yeah. I think I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. But he's playing against me, and I have Lamar Jackson. Sure. So it's a little side wager here. I'll take Lamar with more running yards. I mean, you answer the question first. I'll get into that whole thing. We get to answer your question first. You asked it first. Man. So the question about – I've been asking this question all weekend long. Okay. And this is the question about the Jacks. And you're lying to yourself if you say you know which one they are. Mm-hmm. Who are the Jacksonville Jaguars of 2020? And we don't know. Are they the team that looked opportunistic and had a pretty good offense and were efficient against the Colts in week one and beat Phillip Rivers? Are they the team that had some moxie and savvy to them and resilience to them and even in a loss because they made some mistakes and got behind – Still showed that, hey, we're going to go toe-to-toe with anybody in the NFL this year mm-hmm. by almost beating a 3-0 and Titans team on the road. Or are they the complete disaster that might be in line with the Jets and the Giants and Washington and those kind of teams for the first pick that we saw Thursday? I don't think it's easy to answer that. Now, unfortunately, the problem, the answer is probably somewhere in between, which means you're going to get be like a six or seven win team and end up with the 12th overall pick. And I think people would rather you be either one in 15 or nine and seven or 10 and six and compete for a playoff spot. Sure, sure. I think they might be stuck in the middle. Okay. And I agree with you. There. And the problem with the Jaguars right now and being optimistic is we know who they are in defense, right? And maybe you disagree with me, but I think if you don't have at least a mediocre defense, you're not going to win a lot of games. Cause I don't think Minshew right now has the firepower in them to, to will them to those victories real quick. Those was, was more, more rushing yards was the more rushing yards. Edwards Alaire or uh, Lamar Jackson. Go and give me Lamar Jackson as well. Like, listen, I think this game's going to kind of shake out where it's going to be Lamar Jackson trying to pass on the Kansas City Chiefs. But if they want to win this game, he's got to use his legs as well. So give me, go ahead and give me Lamar Jackson on prime time against a pretty stout defensive line too for the Ravens. So Hilaire could have a great, a decent game, but I think more of the pass game actually running the ball. Do you think this game actually lives up to the hype? It's so hard to do. So what do you think that the worst case scenario? It's going to be a blowout or it's going to be a low scoring game? Yeah, I think more blowout. You think so? Well, I think there's more likelihood of it being a blowout than a low score. Yeah, and by blowout... Especially since I just said defense doesn't matter. (laughs) And by blowout, do you mean the Chiefs are going to blow them out? I think Chiefs are going to win the game. I think so, too. We'll get into it later, though. But I also won, like, five games on my picks this week. Oh, did you really? In total. I didn't win it on the six-pack of picks. (laughs) No, me either. Florida State, let's go. So that means the Ravens probably will win. Yeah. All right, we come back. We're going to talk a little college football as well, but I do want to uh, answer the question about can the Jags get to Joe Burrow? Uh, That's coming up next on ESPN 690.